On this episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast, we talk college football, starting with the Badgers' big win over Kent State. Kent State. Then we go over what we got right and wrong from last week. We discuss our game of the week and upset alerts for next weekend's slate. Moving on to the NFL, where Packers win, whatever, Bears lose, okay. And some quick, quick hitters from across the NFL week five. All right, then we move on to some non-football topics. We eulogize the Brewer season, talk some soccer, talk about NBA's China issue, and some poker cheating scandals. All right, let's start the show. Back with another episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, how are we doing this evening? Well, doing pretty good. Uh, another football weekend. I cannot complain, and I would like to welcome you to soup season. It is here. <laughs> soup season. Below fifty degrees—not fifty degrees. My God, not that far yet. Below sixty degrees. I ate some soup this weekend. Felt good. It's a little, a little roasted butternut squash soup with chicken uh, on the menu. Wow! Uh, at our, at yeah. our house this weekend, it uh, turned out pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty simple. Homemade. Uh, yeah, homemade, homemade stock and everything, Marlo. Um, wow! All the way, all the way. It was fantastic. And uh, soup season is here. Feels great. Um, and obviously, coming off of uh, some wins for my teams, so a good, a good day, good day all around, Marlo. Uh, chili considered soup? Is it a soup? Oof. Is it a soup? I feel like this is a is a hot dog a sandwich question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it depends on it depends on how you make it. Marlo. I think there are some soupier chilies out there. Um, although if it's not a soup, I don't know what you would call it. Okay. When I, when a I make stew? chili, oh stew are stew soups? Mm, soups and stews, different thing. It's definitely a stew then. Definitely a stew. Definitely a stew. Uh, right. When I make chili, it's uh, a little bit thicker. I cook a little bit longer. Cook out. A lot of the liquid, it's more almost. I consider it almost more of a dip. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The way I cook it, it's it's thicker. Uh, you eat it with the Tocito scoop chip, and it's fantastic. So, uh, all right, chili is on the menu in our house this week. Nice. So chili season, chili soup season, chili season, soup and stew season, soup, <laughs> soup and stew season. It's, it's here. It's here. Print the shirts. All right. Uh, yeah, that was so. That was my weekend, Marlon. Chilly, chilly over there. Uh, rest of things going well, going all right, doing okay. Yeah, doing all right. I'm doing all right. I mean, we'll get it. We'll yeah. we'll get into it. Going uh, the going a little bit. Lows. The highs, yeah, highs and lows of the week. Yeah. Uh, but we can well, start with the Badgers because that yeah. was a high. Yeah, we can start shout with a high here, Marlo. Uh, Wisconsin hosts Kent State. Kent, and listen to the broadcast. They really pronounce that Kent State. Really make that um, T pop. Yep, you don't want to confuse it with Ken State um, out there. So they really made sure you saw that the golden flashes of Ken State, uh, Wisconsin, with a forty-eight to zero victory. Marlo, obviously, never in doubt, wrapping up the non-conference schedule uh, here with a victory. Um, I guess let's just dive. I don't think there's much recap we need to do in the game other than that. So let's dive right into our uh, segment: the good, yep. the great, the bad, the ugly uh, of the game. Marlo, how about you kick us off with your good? All right, <laughs> I will do that. Start with the good. It's uh, the good is Paul Chris uh, leading the team. Obviously, like we said, it's a forty-eight-zero victory 
over Kent State, led by Sam Lewis, former Badger. So, oh, yeah? uh, Paul Chris is just beating down his disciples. There you go. That's uh, good. Yeah, I think, you know, we can read into a lot of the, the non-conference matchup. But, you know, they came in. They had an offensive game plan. They had a defensive plan, game plan, and both of them worked. So, good job by Paul Chris. Good job beating the disciple. <laughs> That's right. Good job. Sean Lewis, Sean Lewis uh, actually the youngest coach in FBS right now at 33 years old. Fun facts. There you go. I mean, God, since you're going to me, that's tough. That's tough. What am I doing with my life, Marlo? Talking about I don't know. Where did we go wrong? Well, well, I can't say that being a football coach was ever in my cards uh, as I scream at <laughs> officials all day. And uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, all right. I'll go with my good. It's the defense. Just. Overall defense, I don't have a specific player or anything. Uh, they gave up a total of 124 yards in a college football game. They tallied yes. nine sacks, a couple takeaways, just a dominating performance. Another uh, shutout. Uh, I think they've had, what, zero, zero, zero points given up in that coverage games, and uh, I want to say 14 and 16, something like that, in um, around there in their uh, conference game. So the defense just continuing their their great performance, uh, 14 and 15, excuse me, 14 and 15 in those two conference games. So great job, defense. You got my good of the week, Marlo. All right. Great. I, yep. We always What's avoid this. We always, <laughs> we always kind of try to come up with a different thing, a different thing to do, not give it to them. But this yep. week, we got to give it to them. Uh, it's Jonathan Taylor. The guy is just, he's just great. Uh, let's go over some stats here. Marlowe, 19 carries, 186 yards, uh, four touchdowns. I think a long of a 46-yard touchdown it was and a receiving touchdown. It's it's just something else to watch this guy play. Watch this guy run. Um, the way he glides through the line, it's it's up there. It's I know, uh, This was, I think, a, uh, a Heisman stat-padding game. And yes. I think... As quarterbacks can do that all of the time, I think it was important for them to do that for him this game. Um, I selfishly wanted to see him get 200 yards, although that's completely arbitrary. Uh, but to get five touchdowns was great, and to just great performance by Jonathan Taylor. And we kind of skirt around giving this to him every game because he probably <laughs> should win it every game when we do this. Uh, so I thought in this game it would be an appropriate time to to give it to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, we still have to make up a segment just for JT because obviously he would probably take the great every time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think everything uh, you said was obviously true. Five touchdowns, which was uh, phenomenal. I oh, I liked his. Um, he changed out his mouthpiece again this time. It was Gucci. He had a Gucci mouthpiece in. Uh, sure. <laughs> so he has this the uh, the swag as well. But yeah, a lot of accolades going out. Five touchdowns is eleven on the year, uh, leading. Or second in the nation, yeah. uh, tied for second in the nation with eleven touchdowns total. Yeah. So my great man, that was a good, that was a good great. My great's going to go to uh, the second team. I took the easy one. Yeah, you took the easy one. I, I go the second team. Second team got in uh, midway yeah. through the third quarter on offense and defense. Defense kept the shutout going, yep. uh, even though the second team was in and the offense put up put up more score, uh, more points up on the board, uh, including our boy Mertz got in again. Five for five. Look at that. Perfect on the uh, on the passing. So my great will be the second team. Yep. Uh, I think this is another, though, uh, Mertz time conversation. Um, <laughs> I guess at this point, you got to think you're not registering him, right? Like, he's probably too 
I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Marlo? Because this is another situation. You get him in there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. I he could be learning. It could be you know I'm not a college football coach. I don't know how to develop quarterbacks in college football. Um, this could be an important kind of step to getting him ready to play. And you presume that the Badgers, if not this year, maybe next year will need him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like we're just not in in red shirt. Maybe they're not even thinking that way. Maybe they're just like this guy's not going to be here for four years. As it is, he's that good. Uh, let's give him some playing time here. Uh, I don't know. Am I over? Am I looking too much into it, Marlo? Or uh, I think so. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, you look at the schedule, right? Yeah. He has two more games he can come in and still have a red shirt. Sure. As you think about it, unless there was something that actually happened to Cohen, mm-hmm. um, you then know, it doesn't. Burning, look, yeah, then you're burning it anyway. Yeah. Then you're burning. Yeah, you're burning it anyway. So might as well get the experience. I mean, I love like, again, I love the four the four game rule in general. So if we yeah, if he oh, can yeah. get in. Not burn, not burn that red shirt and get some real reps against you know different players, albeit you know Kent State, but that's still uh, still game reps, game yep. speed against other players that aren't on his team. I think it's I think it's a good thing. And I think the red shirt is still intact. You look like I said, you look at the rest of the schedule. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say we won't have another you know wide open game, but it's less likely as we continue to go through the conference. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I worry. And then at the same time, I worry if we do redshirt him, if <laughs> I should worry about that. Uh, <laughs> so, so kind of, kind of goes both ways, Marlo. All right. How about you give me your bad? Okay. I'll give you my bad. Um, I might, <laughs> I think I gave myself a bad three, two weeks in a row. Uh, so this won't be specifically me, but I'll be included. This I'll say the bad is uh, with Badger fans. Oh, I'll go ahead and say it. I think um, it was a it was obviously Kent State, not the not the game of the week. Um, and I, I think I, I got this. I got up Saturday morning, was going uh, went to the gym, kind of talking to people. Hey, you're going to the game, you're going to the game I'm like, nah, we're just not going to go. Just not here to game Phone the game on the TV. I did the same thing. Watch it from home. Look up on the stands. Look like a lot of students didn't show up. And a lot of the there's some empty seats going on, so I'm just gonna go bad bad on the fans. Shout out, going to the gym, good work by you, Marlo. Saturday morning, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit of the fans. Uh, that said, I there's a good plenty of first quarters I've missed in my in my in my college career, like that <laughs> college career, like I did something significant in college, called a career. <laughs> uh, so I I don't mind the. Um, you know, empty section N in the first half or first quarter or whatever it is. But when you get later in the game, uh, that's that's a different story. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to kind of transition off that, Marlo. Yep. Give my bad to be conference games after the Big Ten, non-conference games, excuse me, after the Big mm-hmm. Ten winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that non-conference games, if this was ahead of the mission game, would have been, you know, a, a must-see TV but it felt wedged between Michigan and Michigan State felt completely useless as a game, as a fan. Like I, right? You know, you were talking about you know people at the gym. You know, shout out to those guys working out on <laughs> Saturday morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I just didn't have much interest for this game. I, I didn't have high expectations for its entertainment value, and I didn't even think like I was going to learn anything about the Badgers, and that's what you kind of look at when you're playing these uh, non-conference games. You want to learn things about 
your team, you want to see how they're preparing for the next week's game. And I guess there was a little bit of it, but after a, a big win against Michigan, it really just didn't seem like there was a point to play this game. And I think to give you just fans, canceled it, just no. <laughs> but you know, I, I like usually we have a non-conference schedule, and then you go into the conference schedule, and it's like yeah, non-conference schedule. Maybe you have a big game. Yep. Right, like we've had against Alabama in the past or LSU in the past couple of years, and maybe we didn't really have that this year, right? But you're just kind of learning what your team is in this. And like I felt like in the Michigan game, we learned what our team was. So what is the like? What is the point of this game? We already know our team is. This is you know classic crap we give to SEC schools where all of a sudden you know the week before their big rivalry game they're playing like. Jackson State. I don't know. I made. It, I don't even know if that's a real thing. I made it up, but you know, Alabama's playing some college I've never heard of. Uh, it just feels weird in the middle of of conference play. Um, so I guess maybe I'm giving trying to give the fans a little bit of a a break there. But I just it felt weird. It, it yeah, felt weird. And preparing for the game, you know, watching the game, it all felt really weird. Um, just the timing of it. So I, I'm gonna well, say my bad is the scheduling, which doesn't make any sense, but that's what I decided to go with. Well, okay, so you're going to have to get used to that as we they, uh, going through the schedule. It looks like the next few years in a row, we actually open up with Big Ten play oh my to God. open the season. So oh, we're going to have a couple of these non-conference sucks. in like <laughs> three or four as well. So just save that bad for next year. I hate when they open up with conference play. That sucks. All right. Yeah, um, it does suck. Oh, I got a, I got a bad uh, 1A as well. I forgot. Okay. Uh, during ahead. the broadcast. We had Ryan Leaf, Ryan Leaf on the call, yeah, as as the color, and they did the whole uh, Jimmy Leonard montage thing. Oh yeah, and and it got to the point where they said, you know, he spent ten years in the uh, in the NFL, <laughs> and Ryan Leaf, a undrafted free agent, and Ryan Leaf was like, "That's amazing! I was drafted number two, and didn't even last two seasons in the NFL." Yeah, <laughs> it's like Ryan, we know yeah. it, it. It turned out horribly for you. Yeah. Weird, uh, weird comparison. <laughs> weird comparison to compare those uh, two careers. Uh, Ryan Leaf. God, I didn't even pick up on that. I wonder how he is. Is it? I just remember him. Like the only thing I remember Ryan Leaf is him yelling at the reporters after <laughs> after the game. The one where he just flips out, and that's yeah. literally the only NFL memory I have of of Ryan Leaf. So. Uh, and he probably didn't even win a dunk contest, Marlo. So probably okay. did not win a dunk contest. Good job, no. good job Ryan Leaf. All right, uh, yeah. I don't have an ugly Marlo. This game, I just literally, I didn't have an ugly, uh, and didn't want to stretch for anything since my ugly was going to be the conference games. Then I couldn't find a bad, so I moved that up to the bad. So, <laughs> do you have do you have an ugly? Uh, yeah, the only ugly I have is was the weather, which is a lot of yeah, reason why oh, people yeah. didn't go to the game. That's fair. Yeah. Well, we yeah. Need a break for that too. Yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah it was cold and, and rainy. As you said, it's soup season. Uh, yeah. Add in rain in football game and uh, and a crappy team doesn't make doesn't make for fun. So my ugly yeah. goes to the weather. Yeah, good job. Although good job, today weather. was beautiful. All right, way to go, weather. All right, other college football, Marlo. Let's look back at last week. Oh no, before we do that, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's look Ooh. at the next week. Michigan State. Michigan State comes to town. Homecoming. Um, Mich- Mich- it's homecoming. It's a homecoming. <laughs> they didn't even go anywhere. This schedule is ridiculous. All right. My ugly is the schedule. My The schedule's moved from bad to ugly. This is ridiculous. How can it be homecoming? They've had four home games in a row. <sighs> That's ridiculous. All right. Isn't that the whole point of homecoming? Like, the home, like they go on the road and they... Oh my God. <laughs> homecoming, Michigan State. 
All right, we play Michigan State in homecoming. They are coming off a drubbing against Ohio State. Marlo, you got this right. Uh, you said take Ohio State and the points. They were favored by 20.5 against Michigan State. They won 34-10, which is more than 20.5. Uh, we both looked at that as the ABC game of the week and thought that's not going to be a close game. Ohio State is yep. really good at football, and they proved us right. And um, now the question is, looking ahead to mm. Michigan State, what do we make of this Michigan State team? Because I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Well, I think I do know they're, uh, what they've shown offense is not good. Yeah. As soon as they have a stout defense, they were toying with us, saying, thinking they could hold with Michigan State, I mean, hold with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first quarter, or quarter and a half there before they really blew the wheel, they blew the doors off that one. Yep. Uh, so I thought, you know, going into they've seemed like they had a good, pretty stout defense. Obviously, Ohio State's a different beast. Uh, defense stout, uh, uh, offense maybe not so much. So it's almost like a mirror of this Wisconsin team, minus they don't have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it's it's gonna be tough to see where the points come from. And looking at the defense, we I, I understand the narrative of their defense being really good, and it has been. Uh, the first couple games, although they gave up 34 points to Ohio State last week, 31 points to Indiana, uh, which is a, a, an interesting game in retrospect. My only concern is they went down a couple weeks ago. We talked about them going down to Northwestern, and they kind of handled Northwestern 31 to 10. Yeah. Uh, which obviously you compare that to with how Wisconsin did against Northwestern at home uh, may not be encouraging, uh, but I still think. Uh, Wisconsin is more of a complete team uh, with with the Jonathan Taylor threat on offense. I don't really see anything significant coming at me from uh, Michigan State. And you say both have good defenses, so uh, I think I, I think it's um, a pretty winnable game for Wisconsin. Uh, although that said, uh, Wisconsin is favored by ten points going into the game. That was ten and a half before we started recording, so it's been I guess. Bet down to 10, which is kind of weird. Uh, but 10 point favorite is pretty big, I think, against a Michigan, um, a Michigan State team, uh, at, obviously at home here. So, uh, will be, I think, a tough test, but one I, th- I would expect Wisconsin to prevail from. On home yeah, home. I'm, uh, I'm going, I'm going for victory. 10 point spread seems big, but I think it's appropriate for this homecoming game, um, at Camp Randall. Uh, should be, it will be should be at this point in time finishing under the lights. Be getting dark towards the fourth quarter. Uh, should be electric. I hope it's a you know an exciting game. We'll go home and take the W. Yeah. All right. All right. On, uh, now another college football model. Let's yes. just start looking at what we got right, what we got wrong out of last week. What we got right, we already talked about it. Ohio State's really good. Really uh, good. annoyingly good. Uh, they won thirty-four to ten over yes. uh, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State started with a funny stat stat of that game. Uh, yeah. At one point, they had run four plays and had two turnovers. Mm. It's not good. That's not good. Okay. That's not, not a stat that you want. <laughs> um, I would encourage them to do that again next week, though. Yes. I think they should feel free again. to start yes. the game that way. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give myself credit for getting this one right, Marlo. Pac-12 eats their own, although I picked the wrong game. I had picked <laughs> <laughs> Cal, Cal against Oregon. Uh, although it looked for the better part of that game, uh, going to the halftime, I think it was seven to three Cal that Cal was going to pull it out, but Oregon ended up dominating the second half and Cal just couldn't get anything going on offense and Oregon went on to win. Uh, but the pac 12 eating their own Stanford beat Washington, uh, which Stanford obviously has had a struggle of a start to the season 
but defeated 15th rank Washington. So good job, Pac-12, eating your own. Uh, Way to go. Way to not be in the playoffs again. Yeah, we got that right-ish. Um, <laughs> I think Oregon's really the only the only chance they have now. If they went out, right, and you kind of have a situation in which they lost to Auburn, and that's their only loss, you could, you know, depending on other things that happen, right, but that's their now their last best chance, I think. Uh, Utah might be in there somewhere with a road loss to Utah. Uh, excuse me, a road loss to USC. But, uh, yeah, but they'll continue to beat each other, which is great to watch and hate on the Pac-12 as we do. Uh, what we got wrong, Marlo? Florida. Oof. Your, your Florida Gators beat <laughs> Auburn. Um, they did. I didn't realize they were going to have what? sweet throwback uniforms or whatever uniforms those were. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think Florida was that good of a team. Um, then I was watching this game and I just kept thinking to myself, these are two top 10 teams playing. This mm-hmm. is just not right. I, I, it had to be a, I, I haven't looked at their schedule. Obviously we've talked about the schedule, but I think it's, it's a, it was a fact of early schedule. They just yeah. happened to meet up in the beginning of the season. So now they're, they're ranked at, at top 10. Uh, I mean, they're not bad teams, don't get me wrong, but I just, I didn't, I, I guess I just compared it as like, I think Wisconsin can hang with them, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have them going back and forth as top 10, I was like, this doesn't, just doesn't seem right. Yeah, looking at, you, you mentioned schedule, Florida schedule in high, I mean, with a win over Auburn is, is a good win, but they yeah. don't have any other good win. Uh, they beat Miami, uh, I think, T- UTM, whoever that is, let's just move on. <laughs> Uh, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, and uh, Townsend. So, and now Auburn. So they have one good win, really. Yeah. Uh, as as you look at it, Auburn obviously had a couple couple tough games. To me, in this game, it, so Florida's best asset or the best part of their team is their defense, right? And yeah. they made Bo Nix, who had a great game against a great second half, at least against Oregon, which is the only other real Auburn game that I watched uh, to this point. Um, they made him look like a freshman, which he is, and he had a tough yeah. uh, role. Oh, they played A and M. Uh, Auburn beat A and M, so I watched. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but it just felt to me like a game where Auburn had a freshman quarterback and he played like a freshman quarterback against a good defense. If that's a different scenario, I don't think Florida wins this game. So I guess, despite this, Marlo, even though we got it wrong that Florida's probably pretty good they've jumped wisconsin in the rankings Marlo, just so you know they're now ranked seventh and wisconsin remains at eighth while auburn That's falls crap. Uh, i think to 15th or something like that uh so good job by florida i still don't think they're good and we'll we'll see you know maybe we'll sit here next week and they'll beat lsu they go to lsu next week we'll talk about that in a little bit uh and then they play south carolina who sucks and they play georgia so we'll find a lot out about florida and how good they are um, with uh, two really tough games coming up ahead. Um, so I'm not going to eat crow yet, Marlo. Uh, no, no eating crow on this show. I don't, I don't have to, and we can, we can wait. And then if they beat, <laughs> if they beat one of those two teams, then, then we'll talk. Um, all right, what we got wrong, Marlo? Uh, we talked about Iowa-Michigan being game of the week. It was... What, did, there was did the we, Big Ten game of the week, if you did, like Big Ten football. Did we get it wrong? Because that was... <laughs> So, obviously, I was pulling for Michigan, right? Because we want we're rooting for them to beat Iowa in the Big Ten West standings. It was not fun. <laughs> it was not <laughs> enjoyable uh, to root for Michigan uh, to root in a ten three game. 
but was it just good defenses in Big Ten football, or was it a bad game? I don't know. I see, I'm still I'm still on the fence. I can't. I couldn't tell you. This was uh, yeah. This is your typical like 1980s Big Ten football game. We're gonna run the ball, run the ball, punt the ball, defense. Uh, yeah, ten to three. No, yeah, it was a tough game. I, I didn't actually. I kept turning away because I wanted to watch it for those reasons, like you were saying. But I was like, I can't do this. There's other things on right now that that are more entertaining. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm glad. I haven't heard the narrative. I thought the narrative of this game would come out that you know the whole. It's because it's probably because Ohio State played at night and put up a bunch of points. But the whole narrative of uh, just the Big Ten just doesn't know how to play like football in 2019. Yeah. It's really it's really weird to watch uh, Big Ten games and be like, I can see the defense playing really well, and then I watch <laughs> Big Twelve games or Pac Twelve games, and it's just like the defense yeah. is lost out there. It's it's definitely different. <laughs> uh, in there, Nate Stanley had one of the worst games I've ever seen. Uh, he threw uh, three interceptions. He finished uh, twenty three forty two for two hundred sixty yards. Uh, he had and. I think those numbers are generous to him because he made a couple nice throws at the end of the game, but through the first three and a half quarters of this game, he was really bad uh, going into Michigan. And I think this just might be a Michigan. Michigan's a better team at home than on the road. I mean, we'll see when Michigan has to, you know, play more on the road games, but they look, have looked like a completely different team at home. Uh, I mean, they put up 10 points, right? So it's not like they were uh, (laughs) barn burners or anything, but uh they look much stronger at home. At least the defense does. So uh, we'll go with that. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was suspenseful. It was, if not entertaining. Yes. Right, because yeah. you had to sweat out a couple uh, fourth quarter drives by Iowa, uh, and then just be frustrated that you, certain teams, each team, couldn't get a first down at time. So I don't know. Uh, it does. It definitely looks different than other conferences in 2019. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh, other one, Marlo, uh, other things got wrong. Marlo's upset <laughs> pick. I think this is just wishful thinking, but I want to point it out. Uh, Purdue <laughs> over Penn state was your upset pick. Yeah. Eesh. What was that won? final? Penn state won uh pretty, pretty handily. Uh, 20, uh, 35 to seven, 35, 35 to seven. Uh, I thought it was worse, but yeah, not good. Not good. Penn state, Penn state, I don't know what happened. They they were that supposed to be that up and up and start team that was going to surprise some people. Has yet to be seen yet. Don't Penn save State, it for Wisconsin. Penn State or Purdue? Purdue. Excuse me. Sorry. Purdue, okay, yeah, yeah. Purdue. Purdue. Uh, Penn State is looking pretty good themselves. Yeah. Kind of flying under the radar since of the Ohio State hype. Yep. Um, but yeah, Penn State. Uh, that was just a bad pick. Just a bad pick. Yeah. No, I totally agree on uh, the Penn State flying under the radar. Um, They've defense has been almost as good as Wisconsin's giving up seven, zero, 10, 13, and seven in their games. Uh, haven't really played much yet. Uh, their closest game was against Pittsburgh with J1 17 and 10. We talked about that last week where they, uh, it was kind of a weather delayed game or that was two weeks ago now, I guess. Uh, so we'll, I think some things to learn about Penn State, but I think they're definitely kind of under the radar in that Big Ten East, uh, as we all kind of thought it'd be Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State's still there and, and looks looks like a really good, really good football team. Uh all right, on to who's back, who's not, Marlo. What do you got? All right. Who's back? I'll tell you who's back. Minnesota seems to be back and it's annoying. Um, actually, what's annoying is 
yes, Minnesota just being annoying and PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck is back to being extra yeah. annoying. Yeah. Minnesota now just won this week. They are now 5 0. Who knows? Yeah. Who knew that? Who knew that? Yeah. Um, they have a couple of crazy. PJ Fleck, knew. PJ Fleck knew. Yeah, PJ Fleck definitely knew. Rode boat. They have a couple of crazy wins that they probably shouldn't have won. Um, they're 5 0. Still unranked, I believe, at this ranking, mm-hmm. which I'm sure pisses them off. Um, which makes it even more annoying because I'm sure they're just going to use that as their like board material and PJ is going to talk about it and da, da, da. And I just need them to lose. And I'm looking at the rest of their schedule yeah. and it's annoying that they it's it's in the realm. They still have Penn State, but it's still kind of in the realm from the show up at the last game of the season, either with one loss or no losses. Yeah. And well, I just I'd need be surprised. I'd be surprised if it was no losses uh, yes. to be sure. But yeah. um, looking ahead. So they they got Nebraska this week. Uh, they're favored to win against Nebraska, which seems baffling. Uh, yeah. But they're but they're favored over Nebraska. Uh, then the other two tough games you'd have to look at Penn State, Iowa. They'll probably lose one of those two. But yeah, they're it's it's crazy that they're we're here. Uh, I don't I don't think they're a good football team, and it frustrates me uh, that we're we're having this conversation. And it yes. all stems back to PJ Fleck walking in his. <laughs> Stupid! Were they yellow pants or maroon pants? Or the jacket was yellow. They were maroon pants. The jacket was yellow. Pacing those Fresno State sidelines uh, in a game they should have lost, and it just drove me nuts. And yeah, you just mm, everything about this Minnesota team frustrates me. Yeah, um, so, Nebraska just beat them next week. Just beat them. Yeah, just be a good football team, Nebraska. Would you just be somewhat competent for once? <laughs> my God. Uh, all right, who is not back, Marlo? This is a tough well, one. Well, keep, keeping it. Yeah, this was a tough one. Kind of going through, went through the schedules. Um, just wasn't, wasn't really, jump, nothing really jumped out except for keeping it in the Big Ten at Northwestern, mm. losing to Nebraska. They are one in four, Casey, yeah. this year. That's the defending West champions, one in four uh, to start the season. Not back. Not back. Uh, to be fair, uh, losses at Stanford against Michigan State at Wisconsin at Nebraska, so a tough slate. But nonetheless, uh, it's it's got to be tough being uh, a Northwestern fan. I think you just doesn't. I don't know. In general, it feels like they always have a tough slate, uh, and maybe that's just kind of what happens when you're uh, not a top team. Maybe that's how it looks a little bit more often. But I was I was kind of looking at and now they go to now they go to or host Ohio State. Um, which luckily for Ohio State is a night game somehow, which seems ridiculous that that's a night game, but it is because uh, that's totally Marlo. Come on, if this is Wisconsin, that's eleven a.m. in <laughs> yeah, hundred percent in Northwestern, right? Yeah. They're hosting Wisconsin at eleven a.m. and that's a trap game. But no, Ohio State it gets to be a night game. I don't. Maybe their uh, tiny field there will be electric for uh, hosting Ohio State, and they'll they'll pull something crazy off, but. Yeah, Northwestern not back. Marlo, so they went to Nebraska and lost thirteen to ten. Um, does it make you feel a little bit better better about the 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 twenty four fifteen game against Wisconsin? Does, do you feel better that that's how it uh, the Wisconsin Northwestern game went, or does it not change your mind at all about about that game? I don't. Yeah, it's a good question. I got to watch it. I think what I come to is that. Northwestern can make it ugly enough to stay in the game with just about anybody. Yeah. Um, that's what it, I mean, that's what it seems like. They just have, they have defensive discipline. And I think some, I don't know if we took it for granted, Northwest or in Nebraska, they took it for granted 
but that team, they definitely have uh, like defensive discipline. They come in with a good game plan and they're able to shut some things down that we, especially on Wisconsin, we rely on and have you go to your second option. And that that's what helps keep it, uh, help kept it close in these two games. So does it make you feel better? Maybe a little. We'll see as it goes down the line. But, the, uh, you know, obviously I don't have that high of opinion of Nebraska football. Yeah. Well documented. But it's uh, it does make me think. Yeah, no, I guess I asked. I think it makes me feel a little bit better uh, that they held them to 13 points, that the defense was uh, that stout against Nebraska, although, you know, we don't expect Nebraska to be barn burners or anything, but it made me feel a little bit better about Wisconsin's kind of struggle. And again, a lot of that game was in kind of clock control, prevent type defense. So I don't know how much there is to to gain out of how that game ended up because at one point it was like 24 to 3, right? So, um, I don't know. Northwestern not back. Uh, maybe I feel better about the Wisconsin game. Uh, Northwestern game. Maybe I don't. Uh, all right, Marlon, let's look ahead to next week. I got to say, quite the slate next weekend. I yeah. Think we've had two weeks in a row where it, it, we kind of looked for uh, search for upsets, search for games of the week. But this week, my goodness, it is off the charts. Uh, I think as far as games of the weekend, I think the highlight, uh, I guess let's talk through a couple of the game of the week prospects and then we can, we can pick ours. I'll start with Oklahoma, Texas, the Red River rivalry, Red River yeah. rivalry. Ooh, that's tough to say three times fast. Um, <laughs> big, the Fox Big Noon. Is that what they call it now? Big Noon? The Big Noon. Yeah, it is, uh, early in the slate should be a good one. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at that at Texas. Um, and saying, hey, they lost really well to LSU and have done well outside of that. And uh, Oklahoma kind of crushing everybody. And it, this is their first real matchup. And this obviously seems like the two best uh, teams in the Big 12. Uh, I don't know. That's 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 a great one. Uh, big noon on Fox. Uh, what are you looking for in that that I haven't already mentioned, Marlo? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Obviously, his first time going through the 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 rivalry, the big red. What is it called? Red River. Red River. Red River. Red River, red River rivalry. Yeah. Oklahoma, Texas. Um, who's going to do horns down? Is that still illegal? Or they can do that now? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Who's going to do horns down? Are they going to throw a flag? Uh, Jalen Hurts going to continue his his Heisman march, and is this going to be his moment? As I don't think I think Oklahoma's going to win. Yeah. I don't. I. I would even say it probably won't be a game in the fourth quarter. It might be a game up to the fourth quarter, but won't somewhere in the between fourth quarter it won't be. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Uh I think both Jalen Hurts, Sam Ellinger, uh kind of on the I mean Hurts seems to be leading the Heisman uh candidacy right now. Ellinger kind of on the fringe of it off of their crazy performance against LSU, as I mentioned earlier. Uh should be a good one. Uh we'll we'll come back to that one. Uh next one, Marlo Marlo, your Florida Gators. Uh, going down Another big to, game. Uh, Baton Rouge playing LSU. The Bayou. Uh, should be a good one. This is a night game, which is... No, this is, a, I'm sorry, a late afternoon game, isn't it? No, I lost it on the schedule. We got... No, night game. It's, yep, night game. So, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for Florida. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how... So, what I'm keen in on this one, Marlo, is... Uh, Burrow for LSU, their quarterback, has been lighting it up. And now we've seen Florida kind of exhibit that they have a very strong defense. I'm interested to see if LSU's you know, new air raid attack 
can do really well to be really effective against a what seems to be a, a, a top-tier defense in Florida. And on the other side, I'm interested to see if LSU's defense can continue to improve and really give trouble to Florida's offense. Um, I'm liking LSU in this game because we both hate Florida. Yeah, liking LSU in this game. Yeah, looking for those things. And is, I think this is the game where LSU comes out and it's like, okay, we're for real. We, you know, bring on Bama. It's that time. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like for our, our podcast, our brand, we need Florida to lose. So, yes. All right. And then last, uh, Penn State, uh, Big Ten, I, I guess Big Ten game of the week to uh, top 25 teams here. Uh, Penn State going to Iowa, Iowa coming off the loss to uh, Michigan. Penn State, uh, this is another night game. This is uh, the ABC night game. So, um, oh, Penn Jesus. State. Penn State, another, <laughs> another <Iowa>. Big Ten. <laughs> Penn State coming off of a do we know if they're good yet game. What do you think, Marlo? Is Penn State going to establish themselves as uh, second favorites to win uh, the Big Ten East, or is Iowa going to bounce back and get a, um, a much, I, I would have to say, a much needed victory here, right? Yeah, they definitely, they definitely are going to need a victory if they want to stay in the West race. I, man, I don't know why I have a feeling it'll be a, a closer contest uh, on this one. If I was, if what we saw on Saturday, Iowa's defense is for real and is able to slow down Penn State somewhat. Um, they could at least keep it manageable to where they could be within striking distance. But I think, I think Penn State comes away with it. But uh, I'm hope, I'm very hopeful that it will actually be a game that is. And I don't. I think it'll be more than ten three. God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> otherwise, they're going to stop putting Big Ten games. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little. I'm a little worried that uh, Penn uh, Penn State is just going to be really good. Uh, yeah. And they'll kind of put their their leg down and show everybody that they are in this game. Uh, that said, I think this is going to be a game where anytime either of these teams does something good, I'm going to be upset. Uh, yes. Because I because my heart will be saying, "Get the upset, Iowa." Beat Penn State at home, you know, have that. What is their name called? Kinnick, Kinnick, Kinnick. Kin, yeah, Kinnick Stadium. Kinnick Stadium. Pull off some magic, that, you know, some upset magic uh, at night, which is always fun to watch. But my head is going to be saying, you still want Iowa to lose because they're in your half of the bracket or your half of the division. So uh, it'll be a, a tussle there uh, as I watch that game. Uh, which I'll probably watching when it's ten three over much better games. So <laughs> I'll watch the I'll watch the Big Ten. All right, Marlo, I have a uh, ups alert, ups alert here. Ups I'm going to throw mine down. All right, are you ready? We're going to do it already. Yep, let's go. I'm still, I'm still on this, Marlo. I'm not going to let right. it go. If they hurt my feelings again, I'm going to let it go. USC, I'm on USC. <laughs> oh, we're back. Back, we're USC. back on USC. They're going to be back. I haven't given up on them, although they hurt my feelings time and time again. They are going. To Notre Dame, this is another night game. This is going to be on NBC. Uh, USC is going to Notre Dame. Uh, USC uh, back, not back every week, uh, coming off of a bye week this week, I believe. Uh, now going uh, to Notre Dame. I like USC to upset Notre Dame uh, in this game. Uh, I don't really have any reason other than I want it to happen and still want to ride this USC bandwagon because it's kind of been fun. It's kind of been fun, even though they've disappointed me half of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you see any right. upset alerts out there, Marlo? Um, you'd, like to, you'd like to circle. So yeah, take this uh, Alabama Texas A&M might be wishful thinking, okay? Yeah. But it's at Texas A&M, mid afternoon, kind of buried in there in this at CBS days. Uh, 
Yep. Th- you think this might be um, what's the coach at Texas A&M now? What's his face? Fisher. Fisher. No. no. Is that it? Yes, Jimbo Fisher. Yes, Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Might be his. This this is his game to take to beat Alabama, put himself firmly entrenched at Texas A&M. Uh, so I'll go with A&M over Alabama. All right. This is uh, an interesting one. Alabama hasn't really played a whole lot so far. Uh, victory, Easy victories over a lot of their opponents. A&M has had some tough games. Yes. They've lost to Auburn. Uh, they've lost to Clemson. So they've – A&M ha- kind of looked at their schedule. They're ranked preseason. You're like they have a lot of tough games, and they still have a lot of tough games coming up, you know, kind of being part of that SEC West. Um they got to You got to think they got. They got to pull one of these off, and maybe this is this is the one. That place is going to be crazy. Uh, you know, the hundred and twenty thousand or whatever people they fit in that stadium. It's unbelievable. Uh, maybe they maybe they can get one here. Um, well, I'm going to do a little little uh, off the board one upset alert. Okay. Uh, horny for Heisman upset oh. against Clemson. Just keep an eye out. <laughs> Just keep an eye out. If we want to Brook. If we want to get the t-shirts back out. Um, <laughs> More of a burnt paint. red instead of the, yeah, the red horny yeah, horny for Heisman. Yeah, need to need to need to spray paint it or something. But uh, Florida State going into Clemson. Um, Clemson just hasn't been. Uh, uh, obviously, we just mentioned they went into they beat uh, Texas A&M, but Clemson a little bit of struggle right now for them uh, for their offense for sure. So I just wanted to point that out and do another Heisman, horny for Heisman thing. Because uh, that joke's yeah, probably not going to go. I'm going to root so hard against it, though. God, <laughs> it's amazing how my ability to root against things is uh, got to be unparalleled. I mean, I just love rooting against things. It drives most of my sports fandom, and rooting against freaking Alex Hornibook is got to be up there with one of the things uh, I really enjoy rooting against. And it's kind of bit me last two weeks, but uh, hopefully, yeah, defense just. You know, suffocates him. No, that's I don't not in a mean way, but like shuts him down, right? Right. And, yeah. And yeah. Game. And just throws. Yeah, it throws balls really far over wide yeah. open receivers. Yeah. Uh, interception that goes to just just yeah. just the other team, and there's no other no other no other receiver in the area. Yeah. Some of those. Some of those. That'd be great. Yeah. Never seen him before. All right. Great week. Uh, great week ahead, Marlo. Game of the week. Yeah. We're both taking Oklahoma, Texas. I think we kind of skipped over what we're picking. Oh yeah, uh yeah, sure. I, well, I'll take LSU Florida just because I think right. LSU is gonna it's gonna arrive. They're gonna arrive next Saturday. Night. It's gonna be great. I mean, I, yeah. all of these are great, great will be great scenes. I am I'm excited to see it, and that's one of the things I love about college football is the atmosphere is that these places will get, especially these night games. LSU Iowa they're gonna be insane. So that'll be fun, fun week next week. So college football, Marlo, on to the NFL. Uh, I guess I'll lead off um, since my team won. Uh, start with the Packers. <laughs> uh, that was that was a bit bit cheeky by me, I must say. But uh, Packers go into Big D and get uh, a big win, 34-24, Marlon. This felt a lot like the Northwestern game, uh, the Wisconsin-Northwestern game. Uh, in each game, the team I'm rooting for is up big, and then all of a sudden, the other team just kind of keeps coming back, and they're coming back, they're coming back, and I'm getting more and more nervous. And then my team ends up winning uh, relatively handily uh, in the end. Uh, so emotionally, I went through this game as a roller coaster. Well, not really a roller coaster because it started really high and then just dropped. It was like the giant drop 
of of a game. Yeah. Uh, everything going really well, and then uh, until it wasn't, and then uh, they ended up hanging on. But uh, Dallas, I guess, made it interesting towards the end of the game. And well, I you got to help me here. I'm I don't know what to make of this team because I I went into this game thinking. Uh, I didn't expect much, let's say. I expected maybe, I, w- I would say I expected, you know, best case a win, uh, worst case we get blown out, but I expected us to lose pretty close. And then we mm-hmm. come out and we look like the best team in the NFL. We look great in the first half. We're up, uh, you know, 17 to 0 at halftime. It was at one point, what, 28 to 3, something like that. And I'm like, my God, this, we might be the best team in the NFC. But then things kind of started to creep in, you know, Dallas. Move the ball really well, but had a lot of terrible turnovers, a lot of weird penalties and things. Um, I feel like I should be very confident, but I f- also there's a little bit in the back of my head saying, "Hold on, not so fast." Uh, I don't know. As an anti-packer, <laughs> where should I? Where should I? Where should I be on this? I, I should feel pretty good, right? But not well. Good, good I don't know. I feel like the last couple games, this is it's been a th- it's kind of been a theme. You start really hot. Like you said, and you feel you feel really good, and then you just kind of let teams get back in, get back into that, and that seems like a, it seems like a recipe for disaster and heartbreak, um, in in long term. So I yeah. think I would be concerned. I, I would like that you know you get off to a fast start that's good, but I'd be concerned that it's either taking the foot off the pedal or teams are able to adjust on the fly pretty well to what you're doing. Um, I don't I don't know which one's which, but that would be the, like the only thing that would be the concern I would have. Yeah, for sure. The, this team seems to not know how to play with a lead. Uh, and in the past, it's been, oh, well, you can't run the ball. Uh, and y- that's the reason why you can't you can't hold on to the lead uh, in the Eagles game and in some of the previous games that have been maybe more interesting than our early lead would have suggested, like the, the, the Vikings game. Uh, but in this game, we were able to run the ball. We ran for over 100 yards. Aaron Jones was fantastic. Uh, had 107 yards on the ground, 75 yards through the air, had four touchdowns rushing. Uh, it just seems like when we have the lead, it's almost like Aaron Rodgers doesn't know how to play when he's not like running for his life and having to make crazy plays. He just can't. <laughs> I don't know if he can't just like make the simple plays sometimes and he tries to do too much or what it is. But like when Aaron Rodgers this season has played with the lead, he's not played well. His stat line, he finished the game 22 for 34 with no touchdowns and no interceptions. If you would have told me that, I would have thought we lost. You know, luckily the ground game was there, and you know that was obviously the game plan going into this game. Dallas has had a pretty poor rushing defense throughout the year, but man, I, I mean, we won the game, and the whole narrative of this game was that Aaron Rodgers owns Dallas. He's like seven and two now against Dallas, which I guess at the end yeah. of the day, you know, we count records for quarterbacks, and that matters. But he wasn't great in this game. He made some nice plays, but there were a lot that a lot of plays that felt like they were left in the field, and we let Dallas back in the game. Uh, because of that, so I don't know. I, I feel like I should come off this game feeling really good about the Packers, and just because of all these other reasons, smaller reasons, I, I just, I just don't. But Aaron Jones, man, what a day! I went through his stats already. Uh, just amazing day, uh, amazing day from him. And as kind of the only running back now with uh, Jamal Williams out with the the horrible concussion last week, uh, he he is uh, all we got back there, and he did really well today. Uh, definitely missed Devontae Adams in this game. I think you look at the receiving yards. Um, Aaron Jones had 75. Jimmy Ingram had 41. Every time Jimmy, Ingr- uh, Jimmy Graham, did I say Jimmy Ingram? <laughs> Jimmy Graham, every time he touches the ball, 
I'm just like, go. I'm like, what? be faster. I don't understand why you're so slow out there. <laughs> he looks like he's running in molasses when he's out there. It's unbelievable. Um, I don't know. So the <laughs> Allison was the leading yards in from wide receivers. He got 28 yards. That's not great. That's not great. Uh, obviously, Adams would have made a difference there. Uh, juxtapose that with Amari Cooper at 226 yards on the other side. Uh, that's something to watch out for. Uh, next week, big one, Marlo. Monday night football. Monday night. Against the Detroit. We might be a good team, Lions. Um, I honestly don't know what to expect in this game. Um, I'm worried Detroit is actually good. But their head, so? coach, their head coach also seems to find ways to lose games or put his team in not great position. Like, I think he game plans well, right? I think he can come up with yeah. a game plan. But, like, in the game, he's, Patricia seems to hurt his team more than he seems to help them. Um, you can see that in the uh, Cardinals game that they tied. Uh, the I'm trying to think of the other game that's, that's coming to my mind here. Um, game did they play last week they lost to the chiefs they could have won that game um i don't know their, their season's been really weird they could have tied with probably, the tied with the arizona yeah they could have and probably should have won the arizona chiefs games and they could have and probably should have lost the Chargers and eagles games so like the two <laughs> games they should have won uh they lost or tied and the two games they probably should have lost they won so i don't know they're a weird team um and we'll see on we'll see on uh, on Monday they come to Green Bay. I hate Monday night games. I want to get my football out of the way, my stressful football watching out of the way. Uh, even the afternoon game today wasn't fun. I I like my twelve o'clock games. Get out of the way and I can <laughs> enjoy football instead of being up late on Monday nights. I hate it. I'm an old man. I don't like being up late on Monday nights. Um, but I guess we we'll have to deal with that against Detroit. That's it. Anything else to add on Packers, Marlo? Anything you want to comment on the Cowboys game today? Uh, yeah. You got three interceptions. That's cool. Three interceptions. Dak Prescott, not his best game. No, not his best game. But yeah, I, I was. Well, I was just. I was just say I was thinking of you because as that game got out of hand, I turned it away, and then I saw they were coming back, and I could. I could just feel. I could feel the Casey anxiety start to oh, rise, uh, all the way from here. So. I mean, when there were two two turnovers on two plays that were called back for penalties, one on the offense of all things, I was I was losing my mind. Um, that was that was frustrating. I hate when so there was uh, Zaire Alexander got called for a unnecessary roughness penalty, and yeah, that was showed bad. Showed Zaire Alexander, <laughs> and they never showed the penalty. I have no idea what he did. I want to see. I don't understand why they do this. They do this all the time. And it frustrates me to no end. When there's a penalty that's off the camera, you have to show the penalty so the viewing audience knows what happened. I still don't know what he did. Did he do something bad? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not saying he didn't do anything. But I have no idea as the viewing audience. You have to show that to me. I don't want to see a zoom in on his face. That doesn't help me at all. And I don't know. I, I still don't know. There was a couple, a couple in this where a couple penalties like this where you just don't show replay and you show the guy who committed the penalty. I don't need to see the defensive back reaction to the play. 
He's probably going to the huddle. He's probably like, oh, I didn't really do anything. Show me a replay so I can understand what's happening as a viewing audience. God, frustrating. God, get it straight. Get it straight, NFL. You have one job. You have one job, Fox. Yeah. Show the replay. All right. Yep. And again, I'm not saying he didn't do anything. I have no idea. I just, I just, I want to see it. I'm both ends. I'm both ends. All right. Uh, on to the Bears, Marlo. Bears go all the way to Bears. London. All the way to London. Lose to the Raiders. Um, supposed to be the Clemac revenge game. Ooh, yeah, Clemac uh, revenge game. I totally forgot about that before this game started. Um, <laughs> did, I mean, do you think he feels slighted by the Raiders? He can't. Be, I like, think upset. so. He can't be I mean, upset I, he got traded from the Raiders, right? Well, before he got traded, they—I mean—he was holding out because they wanted, you know, he wanted to get paid. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he wanted to stay in the Raiders. I think he's at a better situation now. Don't be wrong, yeah. and, he's, and he got paid in his better situation. But I—I I, I mean, I don't, you know, I've never been in negotiations. I don't know how that goes, you know, for millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, but I'm sure they could be kind of contentious. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I, um, from everything I read, yeah, he does. He doesn't. He does not hold Oakland in in high regards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I, I can see that because there was the holdout thing. I kind of forgot about that, but uh, to to the point, I, I thought I think he's in a better situation now, and I think definitely kind of being on this Bears team and the mystique of kind of Bears defense. They've, they've been great, but there's a certain mystique about a great Bears defense that. Uh, I think is is different than than other defenses. Like if he was on a great yeah. Raiders defense, well, uh, Raiders yeah. might be yeah, out there cool. kind of thing. But he was like, in, yeah. in, if he was in like Washington, and like yeah, on a great defense. Um, I so I think there's something cool about being on the Bears and be and being good. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like the Bears, Ravens, Pittsburgh, yeah. those teams. If you're on like if you're in great defense, it goes a little further. It goes a little farther. It means a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, the defense is there, but. Uh, the revenge game did not go as Khalil Mack dreamed it up. No, d- during his holdout. No, no, it did not. So the uh, bottom line is the D actually got gashed, especially in the first half. Yeah. Uh, on just about everywhere they were running, they were pushing the Mack. It's running through. I I hadn't seen all season. You know, they, it was the first time they had a hundred yard rusher since last season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I was you know a surprise. It obviously started the great. Uh, London travel debate because the Bears left mm. on Thursday Ooh. to go out there and the Raiders left after their game Sunday to head out there and were out there all week. Um, so that was talked about quite a bit and that was quite annoying because I was already annoyed with it before the game. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess I guess the Raiders did it right. Uh, but it was it was kind of the same thing with you. I had we had the up and down game. We were all done down 17-0, came all the way yep. back 21-7 just to yep. just the let it go away on a stupid running into the kicker penalty that kept the dr- winning drive o- open. Uh, so, yeah, it was an emotional day for me. I, I hadn't seen the deep play like that. That sucked. They still were able to get be able to help get back in the Chase Daniels back in the game. And then Chase Daniels throws a terrible interception to just completely, completely give it away. And I have have lived through those way too much uh, for that to happen. So not a fun day, not a fun morning. Uh, where I just wanted to sit back in and watch them. I just thought it was going to be a win. I thought well, it's one of those games where you sit back and like, this is going to be a win. It's yeah. fine. Everything's yep. fine. It's going to be a win. And then when it doesn't, especially that way, it sucks. Yeah, definitely a schedule win. You chalked it, this up against the Raiders. Although maybe we yeah. put a pin in this. Maybe the Raiders aren't terrible. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that in a minute. Uh, a lot of things there. Rushing defense, Marlo. Um, Hicks went out early with a hurt elbow. Yeah. I didn't hear how... 
bad that was. He obviously didn't return this game. I felt like that was a huge turning point in this game because with uh, Hicks in there, uh, maybe they're not able to get that push that they seem to get throughout the game uh, on that. Uh, so that's something to keep. Did you hear how long he's out for? I did not. No, I haven't seen anything yet. But you definitely, I think that's a different game if he's if he's in there. Uh, the Raiders seem to want to give this game away <laughs> to the Bears. <laughs> in the start of the second half, Derek Carr just chucked the ball. <laughs> he's like, Khalil Mack, go get this. <laughs> backwards. <laughs> Uh, the running back was literally right next to him, <laughs> expecting a handoff. <laughs> Derek Carr throws it five <laughs> yards behind the line of scrimmage. I still don't know what that play was. Uh, and, uh, of course, Khalil Mack runs it down somehow because that's how things seem to work out for Khalil Mack uh, and, and, and gets that. Uh, they f- uh, The Raiders fumble literally on the goal line. And yeah, they, the, that was a great does, peanut punch. Yeah, it, classic peanut punch and of course they bring that up so i'm losing my mind thinking that the raiders are going to give this game away uh to the bears i want to talk about chase daniels for a little bit yeah um because he i don't know did he seem compliment because it competent because i look back i think back and like two of the big plays were him just throwing it up in his wide receivers winning jump balls (laughs) alan robinson won one and then i forget Mm -hmm. the other one alan was it uh, both of those were just jump balls that the Bears wide receivers came up with. And outside of that, it was a really rough day for Chase Daniels. Uh, his interception in the first half was pretty bad. He just didn't see the middle linebacker there uh, on the on the under coverage. Uh, and then just had a miscommunication in with the wide receivers. It seemed like in the kind of game-winning interception. And for all the troubles that Trubisky's had in the first half of this year, he's shown he doesn't he hasn't made big mistakes, right? Um, yeah, right, yeah. And, and and now Chase has made, he made, I, I'd say, two big mistakes in this game that kind of, that kind of cost the game. Um, and you kind of think Chase Daniels, you know, 11-year veteran, he's going to come in. He looks like he is running the offense pretty well at times, but then he, may, I don't know, he, it doesn't seem like the kind of backup performance you would hope or expect. Adam. Yeah, well, I, I think the cardinal rule for a backup is just don't don't mess it up, yeah, just right? Don't lose the game, you, right? Yeah, just don't don't lose the game. And it, you said he had those two bad mistakes and two pretty big moments. Obviously, right. the one at the end of being the biggest. Um, you know, I, I, that the Allen Robinson play, I thought that was just that was a really good play by the by the receiver uh, yeah. to catch that ball at the sideline. Uh, the other jump ball, yeah, we can call it a jump ball. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think to your point, I mean, Chase Daniel, he's been around for 11 years, been a backup the whole time. What they always say, you're a backup for a reason. Yeah. And, um, you know, that kind of shows when you have a, when you have to go throughout a whole game. To his to his credit, he kept us in the game mm-hmm. uh, going sure. through that third quarter. But, yeah, for just sure. made the bad mistakes uh, and sometimes a bad read uh, that didn't work out to, uh, you know, help to help advance. So, yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. I, uh, looking forward. You know, we have a bye week next week. Yep. They're talking about Mitch being back for week seven as that uh, dislocated, non, non-throwing shoulder dislocated and partially torn rotator at his non-shoulder. So he's going to try to tough it out. I don't know. That seems that seems very, to me, that seems unreal. So I, I'm, I'm expecting Daniel to start week seven and then maybe have Mitch back for week eight. Interesting. Uh, I'd have to look at, well, I'd have to look at, I can just click a button and look at it. Look at their schedule here. Uh, so they have the bye week, then against the Saints, against the Chargers at Eagles. Tough stretch there. 
Yeah, got to get got to get Mitch back for for some of that. I think if you want to make a, a a push here, that's kind of you're getting make or break there. Um, we'll get into the Saints in a minute here. Uh, I think in our, our random NFL thoughts, but interesting game. I'm, I'm not going to get over this, Marlo. That the Raiders might <laughs> Raiders might be okay. Like, you think so? so? So coming into this coming into this season, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, just based off the ridiculousness of hard knocks, based off of last yeah. year, based off of I don't know if John Gruden is a good NFL coach anymore. Um, but now you're looking at three and two, right? They lost to the Chiefs yep. and, and at the Vikings, two totally reasonable losses. They beat the Broncos. They went at the Colts and beat the Bears. Now those are two good victories. And you know what the Broncos are, what they are. Um, they might not be terrible. And this month, we might look back on this one and go, this wasn't a terrible loss by the Bears, um, or maybe as bad a loss as I think it feels right now. Um, but maybe it's weird to think. Maybe the Raiders yeah. aren't bad, and maybe John Gruden knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's where I think. Maybe. I think they're first in their division right now. Uh, until the Chiefs play, I think. Until oh yeah, the play. Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are down. The Chiefs still down. Chiefs still as down we down speak. Ten as we as 13. we record down thirteen ten so. as we record. So yeah, so maybe not. Maybe they're not a bad team. I I, I still don't trust Derek Carr. I feel like I mean he had a good game today, but I, he's so up and down that. I just can't get myself to think that they'd be, you know, a top tier team. Yeah, for sure. They showed uh, coming to this game, he had a seventy-two percent completion percentage. I think he still seventy-two point one. Unless this didn't uh, update, I don't think it did because it shows him at four games played. So good job, ESPN. Um, good job. Yeah, seventy-two percent. That's definitely like <laughs> check down, check down, Derek Carr. Yeah, <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins type. Type stats there, uh, right? Yeah, seventy percent completion coming to this game with a seven-yard average. Uh, don't click on Aaron Rodgers' stats and tell me how much worse they are because I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that they are. So don't come back with that. All right, Mara, be a real some, shame. Let's do some other uh, random thoughts here on the NFL week. Whatever this was, five. Week five. <laughs> week five. Uh, for the record, right. Aaron Rodgers averaging a, a solid 7.3 yards. Nice. With there the you 60, go. With the 62 percent completion percentage. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they're worse. <laughs> okay. uh, random All thoughts right. of the NFL. All right. Casey, Deshaun Watson, he's pretty good. Uh, came out today throwing over 400 yards, five touchdowns, rushing for a bunch of yards as well, and their win over the Falcons. Yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, totally. So as we watched, this was going on at the same time as the Bears game. So we were both dialed into that. And this was just not even on my radar. Like, they didn't <laughs> do any game breaks. They didn't do anything to cut into it. Uh, no. And then I found out at the end of the game that they scored somehow scored 53 points, which is unbelievable. And the new thing, Marlo, is Deshaun Watson breaking down the defense. Ooh. After the last two weeks, he just does like a – they'll ask him a question, and he'll explain how he read the defense for like a minute. Oh, wow. And apparently, it's the greatest Sounds thing ever. Sounds thrilling. Uh, but also probably something that every quarterback could do. Probably. <laughs> if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you probably. You can probably break do down the defense, and he just explains it like to the media, and everybody's losing their mind about it. So, But he's good. Oh, my God. Uh, he, you know, I guess put up 53 points today. Uh, the whole narrative of Houston is if they can just protect Deshaun Watson, and they protected him today. Uh, all right, Marlo. Uh, I got Cincinnati. It might be the worst team in the NFL. 
in days when the Dolphins don't play. Because <laughs> they they lost again. They're Oof. going for. Yeah. They look bad. And I gotta think you gotta think of this Bengals fan, there's not not much hope. You have new first year head coach, right, Zach Taylor. Um but you still have an aging offense, right? Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't know. What's What's the light of the end of the tunnel for Cincinnati? Where's the sunshine? Yeah, where's the sunshine for Cincinnati? Uh they'll get to draft the quarterback this time Back around. In the future? It, yeah, and then people will buy tickets for his quarterback. But they'll they're going to pick the wrong one. But Ooh. don't tell them that yet. Mm. All right. Don't tell the quarterback either. He doesn't. Yeah. Want All right. What else you got, Marlo? Next All right, one. New Orleans wins again without Drew Brees. Man, <laughs> they keep doing it. Three zero. Teddy Bridgewater underneath the center. Impressive. I gotta say, at this point, they are. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, winning at home against Tampa Bay is fine. It's it's good. Uh, but last week we obviously didn't talk about this because it was happening when we we're recording. Uh, yeah. But winning against Dallas again at home, but nonetheless. Uh, Bridgewater had four TDs today. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is both like... I'm impressed that they keep winning without Drew Brees, who has seemed like their best player, obviously. Uh, seemed like an MVP candidate. Seems like kind of the heart and soul of their team and that Teddy Bridgewater can come in. I mean, he's the highest paid backup uh, in the league for a reason, but like, it's it's impressive that they keep, they keep rolling these off. Um, now, yeah. the, it's been home games. So now they'll mm-hmm. go on the road uh, at Jacksonville, at your Chicago Bears, um, and, and we'll see. But I think it's been impressive what they've been able to do. I think they're going to win. They have their favorites to win that division, even with Bridgewater. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans schooling everyone how to do this backup quarterback thing. I think is Teddy yeah. going out making a lot of money for backup quarterbacks this year. <laughs> that will be that will be made to be seen. But it yeah, definitely is impressive. I'm glad for Teddy. Getting yeah. a sec- kind of second chance in here, uh, showing that he can still play. I mean, is Drew Brees' job safe, Marlo, if he comes back? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Do we have a quarterback controversy in New Orleans? Controversy. Teddy Bridgewater played his way. Um, Do you want to mess up the chemistry? Yeah, it's a bit much, but uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious if it if it ended up happening. Um, all right, Marlo, my next one, quick hitter. Uh, Buffalo is actually really good. At least their defense is for sure really good. Uh, they won against Tennessee from what, uh, in all instances, looked like a game that Tennessee had all the opportunity in the world to win. But Buffalo holds on, winning 14-0. to They're now 4-1. Uh, granted, they are behind the Patriots in the NFC East, but I think they are got to be front runners for the wild card spot, and they're still making that AFC East race at least more interesting than it's been in years. Yeah, Josh Allen, uh, Buffalo, doing things. I know I did. I called it wrong last week with them beating the Pats, but yeah, yeah. I, still, I mean, obviously losing the Pats in a competitive game is not a bad loss. It sucks that they <laughs> you have to be in the same division yeah. as them, but yeah, I they're mean, they're rolling 16, around. They're good. Sixteen to ten. I mean, yeah. You know, I know, I know we're not here for uh, you know emotional moral victories, victories. Mm-hmm. Or moral victories or whatever. Yeah, but. Um, God, that, that's about as good as it gets in losing the game. Their defense just looks great. Uh, and being in the AFC East, that means you get the Dolphins twice, you get the Jets twice. Uh, I they got to be favored to make the playoffs, which is, yeah, if you're Buffalo, that's pretty great. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. 
The uh, Darnell Jones hype train might be derailed. That was Ooh. fast. Yeah. I was fast as a New York minute, right? Ooh. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he threw for 150-some yards, had a TD and an interception. Lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Just uh, just looked like an, like an or average old quarterback. Not even average quarterback. Just not good back there. Yeah, he didn't look right. And he had probably the easiest two starts you can get mm-hmm. to in an NFL career against uh, Washington and against Tampa Bay, whose defense seems awful. Uh, it's... It, I don't want to say good because I don't want like, I don't want players to necessarily do bad, but like my God, the hype train was unreal in this, in the headlines, in the New York Post, and all of this that we've had to see, and the nicknames every conceivable <laughs> way because that's what New York media does. It, it was just brutal, and it was just like yeah. let's all just pump the brakes a little bit on this, and I'm glad uh, at least football wise we get to at least for at least for a moment, um, and also pump the brakes on. They're not going to miss Saquon Barkley because they definitely miss Saquon Barkley too. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, they're the bat. They're the backup. Gallman uh, got hurt in the first. I think he had a concussion, but he, I know he left the game in the first quarter, so that added kind of injury to injury. Uh, but uh, they definitely could use Saquon, uh, and as somebody who owns him in almost all of his fantasy leagues, uh, I could use him as well. Dang. Tough. You know, I knew I was gonna. I was like, I'm gonna ride with Saquon. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Whatever. And he got hurt. So whatever. You know, I'm emotionally divested now. Who cares? Uh, All right, Marlon. Mine are the Seahawks jerseys on Thursday night football. Um, Some couldn't see him. Some (laughs) couldn't see him. They hurt your eyes. (laughs) Hurt your eyes to see him. Some people might like them. My wife said that they look like the little uh, crossing guard uh, (laughs) things that they put out by by my son's daycare. Nice. You know, make sure that they're walking the little neon things look just like that. Um, that they they wore those ugly things to victory over the Rams. Um, I don't know, Marla, I think you're more of a fan of Color Rush than I am. Uh, uh, but those I am are, a fan those of the are tough. Rush. Those were tough. They when I, when I turned it on the TV and they came running, I saw them coming around the tunnel. I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening? It was. You're right because I I remember commenting on. You know the uh, like the security guards. They had like the neon stuff. Yeah. The, like they they were brighter than that. Like they were outshining the those security guards. So mm. I was like, this is seems a bit much. There's also one of those like uh, you know the the flailing guys at the car dealership things. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those by our place that's that neon green <laughs> color, and it reminded me of that too. It's nice. Like, all these kind of random like carnival things are reminding me of. Them. <laughs> you're like I'm watching an NFL game. This is weird. Uh, so congratulations, Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson's really, really fun to root for. He's really good at football. Yeah, he's good at football. He's fun to root for. I, I wish. I was trying to think of this. Like, I, I hate that he's on Seattle because I don't like rooting for Pete Carroll. Mm. But Seattle's also kind of like obviously the Packers have a really bad playoff loss to Seattle. But like, I'm trying to think of, like if he was on like what other team? Like, I guess if he was on Kansas City, right? Because Mahomes is fun to root for because he's on Kansas City. It doesn't really affect the Packers. It doesn't affect the Bears, right? He's just on some random AFC team. Yeah. If if Russell Wilson was on like the Chargers, like it'd be so fun to root for him. Some random <laughs> team. Like that's why it's fun to root for Melvin Gordon, right? Because he's now he's yeah. not playing. Like he's just on the Chargers. That doesn't affect us, right? As yeah. NFC North fans. Um, but it's it's just it's just fun to watch that guy play. He's he's really good at playing quarterback. Um, yeah. You see Thursday night they kept saying uh, how they were 
Seahawks primetime, Seahawks seven and one in primetime games. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Performs very well. You know, one of those was, you know what one of those were, right? And then he does dishwasher commercials. <laughs> what is that? Is that a dishwasher? What are that commercial is? But he's he's talking. He's talking to a dish. He's doing the dishes in the commercial. I don't. Even, I think it's a sink I, commercial. I don't know. I don't think I've seen it. He's in like a white kitchen. No. Okay. What was one of them? Was it against the Packers? I don't it was the Phil Mary? Oh fuck God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> They've only been in like seven other privates. <laughs> that can't be right. That's insane. All right. Yeah. Insane. All right, that's it for the NFL, Marley. Any other thoughts? Nothing brought me way down. Oh, no, no. Freaking Fail Mary. So it's, yeah. it, it's the, the Fail Mary, they have the Bostic uh, playoff uh, complete collapse. We were like ruining Russell Wilson's career, and they somehow won that game. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, speaking of Wisconsin yeah, let's, teams. Let's talk losing, about brighter note. Let's talk about baseball. Yeah, let's, speaking of Wisconsin teams losing terrible losses. <laughs> Brewers season is over, Marlo. Uh, made it to the playoffs. That's something. I think mm-hmm. I'm coming around to... Um, is it the postseason or did you make the playoffs? We made the postseason. We made the wild card game. Whatever yeah. it is. It counts. Mm-hmm. It counts. That's the way the rules count it. That's the way I'm going to count it. It matters. Um, the Brewers made it for the second year in a row. They made it for the sixth time in their, uh, in the franch- in franchise history, which... If you think if you think of it that way, and that's how I'm trying to kind of twist this in my in my mind to make it somewhat of a positive thing, right? Because it was a brutal loss, and I'll talk about that in a second. But like the Brewers have been so non-competitive for so freaking long uh, that you got to look at situations like this where they made the run that they made in September. I know I kind of gave a little bit of a September remember talk last <laughs> last time, um. But they made they they made this playoff game uh, and and had a, a one game which in baseball is always weird. Uh, they had one game to advance the playoffs. Obviously, didn't work out, but it was still one heck of a year and a lot of fun to be, be a Brewers fan. We saw uh, a lot of a lot of great performances. We saw a lot of young players coming up and playing well. Um, and to kind of think back of the things that went wrong for this team um, in the in the you know, pl- other players who had to step up. Uh, uh, I can get into specifics, but I don't think I need to. Uh, it was a great, it was a great year to be a Brewers fan. Um, and obviously ended up on a negative note. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun ride to be on throughout the year. Uh, on the negative note, obviously they went in, uh, to the wildcard game into, uh, Nationals ballpark. Uh, we're up, what was it? Three to one in the, in the eighth. I believe it was, yeah, three to one in the eight. Yep. Uh, early home runs off of Scherzer, which was just absolutely fantastic. Um, which you thought was going to be enough. It, the game was set up as the Brewers wanted to. They wanted uh, Pomerantz in the sixth and seventh, and then Hader in the eighth and the ninth. And then Hader got in the game and just he had no control. He had zero control on his slider. He had um, little control on his fastball. I think the game turned on two plays. A hit by pitch that was borderline awful. Everyone on the field acted as if it hit the bat. The uh, batter acted as if the ball went up into his face. Uh, I've never seen a batter get hit in their hand by a 98 mile an hour fastball and not move their hand at all <laughs> and not react at all. It's if their hand was struck by a baseball. Uh, but that's what happened. And they reviewed it and they said, no, that hit his hand, which is 
baffling. It is absolutely baffling that I was ruling the field. Uh, and then they followed that up with a uh, broken bat blooper uh, to center field that fell in front or behind of all the Brewers defenders. And at that point, I just said, this is destined. These are the, the bullshit things that happen in baseball that either go your way or they don't. And in this game, it's going the other way. And then sure enough, uh, Soto hit a, a bases clearing uh, double, which was compounded by, um, I guess, a filling error. Grisham came out of the ball. The ball got past him. I don't know. They thrown out the runner at home anyway. Uh, I think that that put unfair pressure or blame on Grisham. I don't blame him. He oh, came and he was, he was trying really? to play. That was like, that's like T-ball. Like, keep the glove down and keep the ball in front of you. Yeah, the ball's coming off the bat in a weird way. He's coming on. He's looking up to make a play. Uh, he has blame. He didn't lose the game. Hater lost. The sure, game. sure, sure. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't have blame, but I think... We're talking about this like it was Buckner between the legs type thing. It was an error. I don't know that he would have thrown out the player anyway, so I'm not going to dwell too much on it. Why were the runners on base? Because Josh Hader couldn't throw a GD strike. And look, Hader's been great all this year. This is what you put him out for, and he just lost it. And that's tough. And that, But that's the life as a reliever. Uh, that's the life as a Brewers fan. You know, you put it in the best reliever's hand. And he doesn't come through. Uh, it's it's a tough loss, but I'm not going to put too much blame on Grisham. He made a he made an error. I'm not going to, you know, uh, give him a complete pass. But I'm not putting the blame that it seems like people are are putting the blame. You know, shoving Michael Holmes in his face uh, for that. So, end of the Brewers season. A uh, lot of questions going forward for this Brewers team. Marlo, um, you got uh, Mustakis and uh, Grandal as, as free agents. Both of those signed. Kind of show me what you got. Years. Um, to sign with the Brewers. Uh, love to have both those guys back. I don't know if that's likely. Um, Got to figure out some pitching stuff. Uh, a lot of questions for this offseason for this Brewers team, but, you know, it was a tough end. But I got I, I just keep keep telling myself I got to look back at what a what a fun year, uh, a fun year that it was. So that's it. That's a eulogy on the Brewers, Marlo. Eulogy. All right. Um, other than you that, watching, we all, you watching, we all, you you right? Do you get right back into baseball in the postseason, or do you have to take some time off before you start watching baseball? Um, since most of my uh, fandom is rooting against people, yeah, I, I can get right back in. Got it. Uh, I it's tough for me to watch the Nationals and Dodgers because obviously the Nationals just knocked the Brewers out. The Dodgers obviously knocked the Brewers out last year, so I want both of those teams to lose. <laughs> um, but I think we can all just agree that. As long as the Yankees or the Cardinals don't win, we're fine. I'm fine. I think we can and, agree to that. And I would throw a little bit out of there and the Dodgers. Like Yankees, Cardinals, uh, Cardinals, Yankees, one and two. Then I'm rooting against the Dodgers, and then I don't care after that. If the Nationals win, that's a story, right? Bryce Harper leaves. It's a story. But yeah. I'm glad they beat the Brewers. They won the, that sucks, but they own the World Series and they win. That's that's something. I don't. As long as those two teams don't win, two and a half. I guess, with the Dodgers in there. Uh, so let's all just agree on this podcast to root against those two and a half teams. Uh, and then, and then we, can, we can follow baseball. It's still, it's weird. Like, so you watch these the Yankees-Twin games, and it's just like eight to five. It doesn't feel like playoff baseball. Look, looking at uh, the uh, Dodgers-National games, it's eight to four. Seems weird. That's weird, yeah. Seems, feels weird. Uh, and I know it's just kind of one-game samples, but there you go. All right, that's it for baseball, Marlo. Anything else you got for baseball? Nope, nothing else for baseball. All right. All right.
moving on. <laughs> moving moving on. on to uh, America's favorite segment, Casey's corner kick. All right, real quick here, Marlo. Liverpool yep. wins 2-1 over Leicester. I get a controversial late penalty to give Liverpool penalty and give them a 2-1 victory. Uh, Sadio Mane went down in the box under a loose challenge, I guess, by Leicester City. I mean, I'm obviously biased. It looks like he might have clipped his leg. Sadio Mane does go down pretty easily. Uh, penalties awarded. I'll take it. It seems like the type of thing that happens at Manchester City all of the time, so I'll take it when it happens to Liverpool. 2-1 win over Leicester, who's a pretty feisty team this year. On the other hand, Manchester City lost 2-0 to Wolves. Liverpool now sits eight points ahead through eight games against Manchester City. Manchester City lost two games all of last year. They've lost two games this year, um, which I guess is a significant lead in there's a lot of soccer left to be played. There are only eight games in. There's 30 more left to be played. A lot of soccer left to be played, a lot of the season left, but it is a pretty nice lead for Liverpool. Uh, I think most notably this week, there seems to be a crisis at Tottenham. Uh, not only did they have to, did Tottenham Stadium have to watch uh, the Bears lose to the Raiders, they saw uh, and Al- Brighton, and- Brighton and Hove Albion win 3 0 over the weekend against Tottenham. And a 7-2 loss to Bayern. So Tottenham this week lost 10-2 in their two games. That's not great. Not a lot good. of questions there in, in, in Tottenham. And maybe a team on the verge of crisis, Marlo. Crisis, 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 crisis. Next week, game of the week and Liverpool game. Uh, Liverpool goes to Manchester, plays United Sunday at 1030. Uh, I looked this up. I, I had to look it up to be sure. Uh, United is in 12th place. Through eight games, which is absolutely amazing for the amount, um, of, I guess, of clout, of reputation, of money that United <laughs> has for them to be in 12th place is, is unbelievable. Out of how many? Out of 20. Out of 20. 20. Got it. They should be, I mean, this is Manchester United, they should be top four easy. Uh, yeah. They are definitely struggling. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when Liverpool goes there, how they play. Uh, last year, when Liverpool Played United, they got the manager got fired after the game. I think Liverpool won three to one. Um, I don't expect that to happen here, but but who knows? Their manager is on thin ice um, or a hot seat, I guess. Uh, being in twelfth place that far down the table uh, there, so none of the other games really excite me next week. I'm sure I'll watch them because they'll be on Saturday morning, but uh, nothing really excites me. I'm just circled on that Liverpool Manchester United game. Uh, other rants, Marlo. Um, can I dive into these? I got two. Yeah, okay. Here's Casey's rants. All right. Uh, The first one is, I guess, Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets, NBA in China. Um, So, Marla, I don't know if you're aware. I'm not too keyed into this myself, but I know that there are some, uh, I guess, uh, civil disobedience, some unrest in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. in, in respect to the amount of control that China is putting over the local government. Uh, Hong Kong, I guess geopolitically, uh, if I may dive a bit into this, uh, I'm not tr- claiming to be an expert, but this is how I understand the situation. Um, Hong Kong, obviously, former British colony, transferred over to China. They've kind of had their own self-rule. Uh, the 
Chinese central government has kind of been cracking down a little bit and there's been a lot of unrest by uh, the locals in Hong Kong who are used to a certain level of freedom, used to a certain level of uh, self-governance um, that the British granted them that the Chinese government seems to be taking away. Uh, the citizens there have decided that they are not okay with that and made some apps actually pretty amazing um, protests and displays of, of defiance and China has continued the local or excuse me the national government has continued to, to tighten their grip uh, amongst that Daryl Morey who's GM of the Rockets sent out a tweet that basically said um, supported the Hong Kong protesters and pretty much said go freedom <laughs> fight for freedom something like that it was very benign very much like I support the protesters I support freedom uh, China got pissed and canceled their affiliation with the Rockets. Dang. The the Rockets owner sent out a tweet saying, I'm sorry if our tweet offended the Chinese. <laughs> Dara Mori has now issued a tweet, presumably directed by or told to by his boss, the owner, that says, I'm sorry if I offended the Chinese. Uh, the Rockets are eating crow and bowing down to the, chi- the Chinese government because their general manager supported freedom protesters in Hong Kong. And I think this is a very important issue. I think the NBA has obviously promoted their game within China a lot. The NBA is very interested in monetarily in how their game grows in China. There is civil rights issues with the Chinese government and Apparently, the Rockets have stepped right in the middle of this. And if the Rockets bow to pressure from the Chinese government, if the NBA bows to pressure from the Chinese government, I think this is a terrible precedent. And I think that this is just the NBA bowing to the the dollars that they can make. We've seen lots of American companies do this. We've seen Google do this with allowing um, to uh, censor uh, search results within China. We've seen Apple do this a lot, too. We've seen a lot of American countries go to China and curtail what we as Americans, as uh, I, 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 mean, I don't maybe I don't mean to make it an American thing, America versus China thing, but we as uh, civil, people who value civil rights recognize as important things. We've seen a lot of our companies go there and kind of curtail our values in order to meet the Chinese market. And it looks like the NBA NBA is doing that. The NBA has been really good about being on the front end of civil rights issues here within the United States. It would be very disappointing to watch the Rockets and Daryl Morey and whoever the Rockets owner is and the NBA in general ignore civil rights issues so they can make money in China. And right now it looks like that's what they're going to do. And that's very frustrating. I would be very frustrated if I was a Rockets fan and I'm very frustrated as an NBA fan in general that that's what they're doing um i think that's it that's it on uh-huh. the NBA. rant right. one rant one done rant anything, one anything All you right. want to add to that marlo any, any anything um on that i don't know yeah anything no i yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead and move on to your next one. All right. It just it, it just frustrates me, and we're seeing it happening in all because they can make money. It's very frustrating. All right, next one. Poker model. This has consumed my life um, <laughs> the, pa- the past week. Uh, a bit ago, it was alleged that some poker player named Mike Postel, uh, he plays in a small cash game live stream on Stones Poker in Sacramento, California. They stream it on Twitch. They get like 500, 500 viewers. 
Uh, it's alleged that some guy on there was cheating. Mm. And um, some. How does other- one cheat at streaming poker? So he's alleged to have knowledge of the ho- of the other players' cards. Uh, how he does it exactly is up for uh, debate. Uh, it seems clear by the way in which he plays the the bets he makes, the times he folds, the times he, the actions that he makes throughout the game don't make sense unless you knew the player's cards. Because a lot of poker, the right is like, I'm presenting that I have this type of hand. I have ace queen in this situation, so I do this. And a lot of poker is kind of understood in that way that there are kind of certain ways you behave and act. And he kind of defies those things in a lot of ways, like calling with third best pair on a very high, uh, on the river. Like you're probably losing that more times than not, except he's won 69 out of 62 sessions, which is unfathomable in poker world. Um, so the way he's alleged to do it is he has knowledge of the whole cards, uh, whether that's through somebody who is on the live stream and communicating that to him, whether he's able to read the cards with some sort of IFI, RFID, which is technology that the broadcast use to read the cards so they can tell you what each player has. Um, there's lots of ways in which he could be cheating, but it seems like he is just based on the results and his actions that he takes. Um, it's consumed my life. I've watched, I don't know, 20 hours of oh, somebody going over his hands and talking about why this would be or would not be the right the right call. It made it its way all the way up to Sports Center, in which uh, Scott Van Pelt made his kind of whatever is one big thing. One big thing, yeah. Or whatever it was on there. Uh, it's kind of gone mainstream, and it, it sucked me in my It's been fascinating to watch. Uh, he just did a broadcast with Mike the Mouth Mattisau, or excuse me, a podcast with Mike the Mouth Mattisau that Mike Postel did. We uh, proclaims to talk about his innocence and whatnot. It's like a two-hour interview. Um, it's over two parts. It's it's fascinating. Uh, I find the whole thing just incredibly enthralling <laughs> and, and interesting because you're watching this guy on this live stream, and you're trying to, like, dive in and see if you can tell if he's cheating or not, or if he's doing the, if this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. And then at times you're convinced he's is and the other times you're convinced he's not. It's just been so fun to watch. I have a hundred percent convinced that he is. Um, you can't, I can't prove it, but just like human nature, human reaction, the way he reacts, the way he does things, the poker calls he makes seem unfathomable and the only two conclusions, and this is so Joey Ingram is the guy uh, who I've been watching. Uh, he's on YouTube. Look him up if you want to dive in and spend 20 hours watching his hands with him because it's hilarious and completely fascinating. Um, the only two conclusions you have are he is the best poker player that Joey Ingram, who's seen a lot of poker players, has ever seen or he's cheating. And there's no middle ground. And it's, just, it's, it's unbelievably fascinating. I've been, I've been dialed into that and uh, hope it continues because I just find the whole thing so so freaking fun. That's it. Those are my rants. Those are your rants? Got it. China. Um, One of those was serious. <laughs> I guess both are serious. Because yeah. this is serious in the sense that like, I'm not much of a poker player. I play home games with my friends. It's, it's fun when I do that. Uh, but like... This calls into question any poker that is streamed. If he's cheating during the stream poker because it's being streamed, that calls into question everything. World Series of Poker, any live stream, any of the, you know, after dark poker streams, like those yeah. can now, you can presume they're cheated. Not only that, it's like if you're in those games and you get called out on a bluff or you get, you know, whatever, 
in the back of your mind, you're like, are you, am I, am I being cheated here? And that's brutal for the poker, uh, poker community. Um, so it is a really big deal, but on my personal scale, it's just fascinating to watch. All right, go check it out. It's great. Joe, Joe Ingram, Joe Ingram, Joe Ingram. It's, it's, it is fascinating. That's all I got. All right. That's all the rants. All All right. All right. I'm glad you got them out. I'm glad you got it out, Casey. You got all the rants. Uh, We got all the... I put it at the end so people don't have to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, if you have made it this far, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 132Breeze. Follow Casey. He tends to rant on Twitter as well, at Prof Badger Fan, and myself at MarloJR. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, leave us a five, leave us a five star. Uh, other than that, I got nothing else for him. Casey, you got any last words? All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening as always. And until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.